0: Good morning and welcome to Sunday at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and as we begin this New Year journey together, it is the right time for us to look around and notice that the world is indeed dark and broken in some places. How do we counter that? We do it by following our resurrected Christ, who fills us with hope, joy, peace, and love, so that we can help to build His kingdom on this earth. So come and join us as we seek to answer our call of the risen Christ. Come on in.
1: The first scripture lesson comes from Psalm 91. Listen to these inspired words. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Luke 4, 1 through 13. This is Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, our traditional start to our Lenten journey. Listen again with fresh ears to the word of the Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him up When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it is exciting. We are starting our journey yet again. We began on Ash Wednesday, this prior Wednesday, and if you remember, that's the time where some branches of our Christian faith impart ashes on foreheads in the sign of the cross. We did the same at a night service here Wednesday night. The quick meaning of that is to recall with ashes and dust that from dust we were created and to dust we shall return one day. None of us can stop that process. And the understanding is that with God, It is not the end, but only a new beginning. So while it is somber, it is also what we celebrate about our faith. That God is with us and will walk with us through this life and into the next. But those ashes again, marking a time of penance, penitence, inward reflection, confession, turning back to God in this six-week journey. So the first symbol, this week it's bread, the symbol from Wednesday till yesterday was dust. So we begin our journey. It is 40 days, technically 46 with the Sundays attached, but generally we lift out those Sundays because we don't count Sundays as being a part of the 40 days. Because every worship service is in itself a little Easter, in that we celebrate that Christ has been raised. And even in the season of Lent, we do not stop that process. So the 40 days is meant for us to start to prepare what we will encounter as we, with Christ, move ever closer to Jerusalem... His final days, what we call Holy Week, that last week that he is in Jerusalem, the events that happened to him, including crucifixion and ultimately Easter resurrection. So what does that have to do with this temptation business? Well, let's take a look. We're in the fourth chapter of Luke, as I said. And what has happened right before this is that Jesus has just been baptized. And fresh off of his baptism, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted. He's there for 40 days. He fasts. He's there doing spiritual work. And while the Spirit leads him, it does not depart from him. The Spirit stays with him all the way through that process. So in the midst of his time, at the end of that 40 days, the devil comes to him and tempts him in three ways. First, Jesus, you've got to be hungry, oh my, 40 days. Turn this stone into bread, just feed yourself, you have earned it, you are an outstanding Son of God, you are the Savior, just go ahead and turn that over. And Jesus responds all three times using scripture from Deuteronomy. And what's happening in the life of the Israelites in the book of Deuteronomy? Well, they were just coming out of the wilderness, they had come through the Red Sea. Moses had brought them out, God had freed them, they came through the Red Sea and into the wilderness for how long? Forty years, right. And now Jesus, having just been baptized, coming through the water, starting his new life in the wilderness for 40 days. That's why we have a 40-day buildup between beginning and Easter. Easter. So I know you're hungry, change it. It's just stone, you can do that. Man shall live by bread alone. Again, Jesus quoting Deuteronomy all three times, using scripture to refute the temptations. The second one, the biggie. The devil shows him all the kingdoms of the world. I can give you all glory, all authority, the devil says to Jesus. To me, this would be the hardest one. I can overcome my hunger, I think. I have a fear of heights, so the whole pinnacle steeple thing, not a problem for me. But this one, I'll show you all the kingdoms of the world, glory and authority will be yours. Just, just kneel down and worship me and all will be well. And Jesus again Refutes. Worship the Lord, serve only Him. Then the last one takes him up, puts him on the pinnacle, way up to the steeple, says, Throw yourself down. Your angel, the angels will take care of you. And what does the devil do this time he did in the other two? He uses Scripture. He hears Jesus refuting him with Scripture, and he says, Well, two can play at that. I will quote Scripture in my questions. For it is written, the devil says, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Uh-huh. Kind of my scripture, the devil says. Again, illustrating the fact that anyone can manipulate this biblical text to make it conform to their agenda or what they want done. Do not put the Lord your God to the test, Jesus says again. And then the devil, ah, oh, got me all three times. And as it says, he would depart from him until an opportune time, dot, dot, dot. So this isn't the only time Jesus is tempted. Jesus is tempted throughout his ministry, throughout his time. And especially we see the devil coming back through Judas at the end, which we will get to when he betrays Jesus. When Christ is on the cross, in Mark's version, he has the temple authorities saying to Jesus, if you're the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, just get get yourself off of that horrible cross that you are on. You can do that, show us. And it's the same in in Luke's with, with the soldiers, the Roman soldiers who say essentially the same thing. If you are who you say you are, get down. You don't have to do this. What purpose is this serving? Again, very much that temptation. And and mistake, do not mistake the fact that we think, well, God is, or Jesus is partly God, and so maybe it didn't hurt. Maybe he wasn't that hungry because he's Jesus, he's the Savior after all. Maybe the cross was not as painful. It just looked that way. No, he was fully flesh and blood. He had to cut his hair, he had to clean his ears, he had to clip his toenails, just like the rest of us. Jesus became human. And because he became human, he had to deal with all of the things that we deal with on a regular basis. So these were temptations and difficult for him. So how did he get through them? Well, again... He knew not to trust the devil. That's a good rule for life. Don't trust the devil. He knew scripture enough to be able to refute that. A word to us about how we study or do we or do we read the Bible. The spirit was with him and stayed with him. And he was able to make his way through. So let me ask. I want everyone to turn to your neighbor and tell them some horrible temptation you've given into. Ready? Go. Just kidding, don't do that. (laughs) But I, I do want you to think for a minute about things that we all deal with as human beings. What temptations do we find ourselves in? Not specific. Not inappropriate as far as what can be shared on television and in front of others and in public. What are some common things that we all are tempted with as human beings? Call them out. Greed. Right. Uh, we often worship money more. Maybe the biggest issue that as humans we've had from the beginning of time that funnels into an idol, worshiping other things. Others? Oh. Envy. Okay. Right. Uh, We envy others. We envy others for what they have, sometimes who they are, sometimes their position or job or look or what have you. We envy other people. Okay. Power. Absolutely. Right. We want to be powerful at second temptation. All glory and authority can be yours over all the kingdoms of the world. Come on. That is a temptation. Give me a couple more. Cheating. Okay. Cheating. That means those that we have taken uh, uh, vows and those with whom we are in significant relationships. We are tempted to go elsewhere. Yes. I'm sorry. Promises, breaking promises, okay? Yeah, absolutely. We break our word. We do not stay faithful to those that we are called to be faithful to. And more and more and more, yes. And so the interesting thing about this is if the devil came to you, oh boy, what would the devil offer you? That would be your point of weakness and vulnerability. All of us are crafted differently. All of us, whether it's personality or physicality, the way that we look, the way that we think, the way that we are, the experiences we have, we are all kind of predisposed to different kinds of temptation and sin. Now the older you get, the more that we can manage those things so that sometimes other people don't know or they don't see. But where is it that you might be vulnerable? Is it addiction to alcohol, drugs, unhealthy sexuality, those other things we've already mentioned, power, greed, There was a a book that Stephen King wrote in 1991 called Needful Things, and the movie, not so great, but you get a flavor of what it is. And so in a small New England town, Castle Rock, it's part of a Castle Rock series that Stephen King does, a gentleman comes into town and opens up a store called Needful Things, and at that store, Is the one thing that you want, a tangible thing, more than anything else? What is that thing? Well, it depends on you. For some people, it may be, maybe if if the thing that's always on your mind is is a classic antique muscle car that you want. You've got that there, and it's cheap. Maybe for you, it's some kind of sports memorabilia from somebody in a team that has been yours all your life. Whatever you are susceptible to, that's what you will find in the store, needful things. Now, as it turns out, this gentleman that comes to town winds up being the devil. And as you get your item, there was even a priest who came in who was given the chalice, the cup from which Christ drank. Just go with it. Just go with it. But you got your thing, but you had to do a little favor for the owner. A little prank, he called it. He knew everybody's weaknesses in town, and his job was to go in there, exploit their weaknesses, turn them against each other to create misery, chaos, violence, and death, and that's what happened their own materialistic nature, their own quest for all those things that we've just defined. You could get at that store if you just do one thing. And by the end, the town was indeed in chaos. He had to then sell weapons to those who bought their special things so then they could protect it. So the town was armed, they were all at each other, and it was a nightmare. But just what this devil was looking for. Christ was vulnerable in what ways? He hadn't eaten in 40 days, so we offered him bread first. Was vulnerable in the sense that he knew what Jesus was there to do. Number two, Jesus. You don't have to do all of this mess. What if I give you all the kingdoms of the world right now? You snap, if you just worship me, I'll snap my fingers and then everyone will believe. You will have saved them all. Start with 12 disciples, are you kidding me? Go to the cross, you know what's coming. You don't have to do any of that. Just snap your fingers and go. That would be the biggest temptation, I think. Right now, we are seeing the results of those who are trying to conquer kingdoms for their glory and for their power and authority. But what happens when we give in to these things? And what would have happened if Jesus would have said, yes, okay, for the sake of others, I'll do it. He would have worshipped evil and the devil. And it would not have been what Christ needed it to be. All of that would have been warped and distorted because it came through that symbol of darkness. We need to identify what our needful things are. That is, what are those temptations that we give into that we know do us no good? Martin Luther, even back in his day, said, there are some temptations that are so strong, they keep us from being able to rest. And we fool ourselves into thinking, well, I need to do this, or I have to do this, or I'm going to do this, and yet, it winds up draining us and eating us out from the inside out. These are the things that we need to find ourselves acquainted with at Lent this journey, doing the hard introspective work of what is it that separates us from God? Where are we vulnerable that someone could come in, press our buttons that a devil might say, ooh, I know what he or she, where they are vulnerable, I'm going to hit them right there. And then that's what you work on. If it's addictions, well, then put parameters around that so you don't find yourself in those positions. If it is people that, when you were with them, you make poor decisions, well then you stay away from those people. If it is your computer and your phone, you put systems accountability, so it does not do you harm. Don't do me harm, I can manage it, preacher. But what is it doing to you internally? That's what this journey is about. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a World War II pastor, says that it's, it's not so much the devil proving to us that God doesn't exist, it is forgetfulness, trying to prove and forget that God is there. There's a degree of intentionality that comes with this journey. So often we are reactive Christians and not proactive We come to church, we listen, we go out, we wait, we come back, we do some other things. But every day, are we being intentional about our faith? Are we being intentional about this journey? Repentance is a part of forgiveness. It's not just, I'm sorry, I'll try better. It's, I'm going to work on what separates me. That's what this Lenten journey is. To do the hard work that you know needs to be done, to start to chip away at those big things That each of us deal with in our own way. You're not alone. Jesus wasn't alone. The Spirit was with him. The Spirit is with you. You can't snap your fingers and be done with it, especially if it's something that we have carried for some time, but you can start to chip away at it and be intentional about how to make it smaller and less overcoming and overwhelming in your life. Whatever those things are, this is the journey. This is the time to engage with the help of the Holy Spirit that you may grow closer to Christ as we all walk closer to Jerusalem. So know you're not alone in this journey. The Spirit is with you. Let us all have the courage to go inside and do the work so we can be more faithful the outside. This is our call this first Sunday of Lent. Hallelujah. Amen.